once again, I just want to make sure I welcome everyone who is here, whether it's you've been here more times than I have, uh, which is many of you. And then also, uh, for those who are it's your first time, welcome those who are also joining us online. Um, before I begin anything, I want to make sure that I honor the man of God in whose pulpit I'm standing in uh, this morning. Pastor Carl's not here physically with us, but I know he's joining us here online. Um, and I just want to say, I love you, Pastor Carl. Um, thank you for entrusting me with this moment to be able to bring the message uh, this morning that I do believe God has implanted into my heart. Um, also, I just want to just brag on him for two seconds and just say, you guys, we, all of us, have a jewel in the house with Pastor Carl. I mean, I'm telling you, and this is not to put any other pastors down. In Fresno, I, I work with a lot of different churches and everything like that. However, I'm telling you, I've never seen someone have such a servant heart, especially at a senior pastor level and a founder. Um, so again, if you have any time I would bet, just encourage him, love on him, pray for him and his family, as I know many already do. Um, but again, I just want to make sure I honor the man of God before I go any further than that. Um, before we open up as well, or before I go into anything, uh, would you mind praying with me? Um, definitely wouldn't want John simply to speak this morning, but we're all praying that God would. So Father, we thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you. It just has to continue to be highlighted throughout all of it. What a privilege it is to be able to be here, even for those who are not joining us. What a privilege it is just to even just be a part and connected, a part of your body. Thank you for those who are here, maybe even for the first time or joining us for the first time, Father. I just pray now that they would open up, that you would do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, would you draw people to yourself? Would you draw people to the Father? And we thank you. I just pray now, Lord, as I stand here, as I declare your word, Father, ultimately would it be just that, your words, not simply my own. Father, you alone are my rock, my redeemer, and I'm asking now in this moment, in the time we have together, would you take glory in this place? Think through my mind, speak through my vocal cords, the things you would want us to say, know, and do. May the words of my mouth and meditation of my heart be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, as we had mentioned, we are right now currently going through a series called Songs Worth Singing. And each week, yes, we did open up with the song that many people are familiar with. Um, apparently, I'm not familiar with that one. I'm just joking. Kind of, kind of, it is older than me. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you, you, can, you can see it, everything like that. I don't think that's a disclaimer in any way. Uh, <laughs> But every week we're opening up with songs that many of us are really, really familiar with. And the Pastor Carl has been challenging us week by week to say, maybe these songs we are super familiar with, maybe they're not necessarily lyrics worth singing. However, what we find in the book of Psalms, which is basically Israel's songbook built over about 900 plus years, maybe these are actually songs that we should be singing and not just simply singing, but living out and allow it to actually sit and dwell within us, right? So, this week, we're going to be look at actually the book number four. So Psalms is actually basically divided into five different books. Book number four focuses on actually the very fourth book of the Pentateuch, which is the book of Numbers. And for those who are not really familiar with the book of Numbers, the reasons why it's titled because there's a popular uh, that most people know about, a census that happens at the beginning that Moses decides to take. However, throughout the book of Numbers, there's a lot of great things happening but then, unfortunately, a lot of bad things happening. Here it is. The people of God are preparing to come into the promised land. The people are coming finally to receive all that God has promised. 
and what they decided to do instead of being faithful and following after God or Yahweh's commandments and his regulations, what they do instead is decide to make themselves as God and decide to try to do what only they could do for themselves. And what ends up happening is that because of their rebellion, because of their sin, because of all these different things, God decides to send them away. They wander for a time, and there's no cute way to put it. Basically, that generation dies up, and what God does in the midst of all of it is raises another generation that ultimately will be the very people that will take and enter into the promised land. So what we see right off at the beginning in the book of Numbers, and as we see here now in chapters of Psalm, the book of Psalms, chapters 90 through 106, is a people that ultimately are sinful, people that don't live forever, whose time is in many sense and ways limited, and then a God who is big, who is grand, who is everlasting, and will always be from generation to generation. And so the psalm specifically in the book, in book number four here, as I mentioned, that we're going to be taking a look at that highlights all these different things is actually Psalm 90. Some people may be familiar with it. Some verses, you'll probably have some certain things. They're like, oh yeah, I remember heard that preach before. I've read that before. Awesome. I want us to lean in this morning on what I'm going to hear, what you're going to hear. Because the thing is this, and I'm going to just basically huge disclaimer up front it's going to sound like a lot of bad news, especially the first verses one through six. And I want you to read that, but then I'm gonna basically come back and I'm gonna tell you though why this isn't simply just bad news, okay? So Psalm chapter 90, uh, starting at verse one, it says this, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Before the mountains were born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. You return mankind to the dust, saying, Return, descendants of Adam, for in your sight a thousand years are like yesterday, or some versions say like, yes, like a day, uh, and then passes away in a few hours of the night. You end their lives, they sleep. They are like the grass that grows in the morning. In the morning it sprouts up and grows. By evening, however, it withers and dries up. Our days may come to 70 years or even 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass away and we fly, or quickly pass and we fly away. So right off the bat, I don't hear anyone in here jumping for joy about the reality in which we all live in. I don't hear anyone really like, amen, that was awesome. Can you read it again, right? Most of us are in a place of saying, yeah, John, I know. I know the reality in which we live in. I know and I'm constantly reminded by our news feeds. I'm constantly reminded by those closest to me. I'm constantly known that by our health declining or my personal health declining. John, why are you reminding me? Why is it that we're looking at this Psalm that reminds us that our lives are but brief and that our days are but few? and that ultimately even the best of them are filled with trouble and sorrow. And now see, before I go anywhere else, I wanna just really make sure it's really highlighted to say is this. I want to acknowledge that this life is full of a lot of pain. This life indeed has many troubles. Many of us in here or those who are joining us online have experienced some horrific things to those close to us, 
to those we've loved. We've been unfortunately put in places and situations where we just sometimes wonder, God, why are you doing all this? And so this morning, I don't want you to think that John's just gonna say here in just a moment, just say, forget about all that stuff. None of those emotions are valid. All of that stuff is just a bunch of nonsense and we should just forget about it. No, because if I'm completely honest with you, unfortunately, even in my short life, I've experienced many of those things as well. I've been met with the reality that death is very much so real. I've seen it firsthand. I've seen the pains that this life brings the sorrows, the struggles, the constantly wondering, God, if you are good, why are all these evil things happening? So I'm with you this morning and I hear you, but I want you though, and I wanna push us. And I believe the psalmist, which actually, the, if you notice some of you, if you have a study Bible, this psalm is actually titled the, uh, the Prayer of Moses, right? So basically an emphasis, this is a whole prayer of Moses. And I, want, I believe that they wants to push you to say, however, I don't think this is the end of it all. And so the question that continuously comes up now is, where do we go with all this? What is the point of me living here? Why is it that I have to experience these things I'm experiencing? And now I'm not gonna answer all these questions today necessarily with the time I have. However, I wanna be able to challenge us to maybe even a sense shift our attitude or shift our perspective while we are here on earth. The few days that we have don't have to be ones that are full with sorrow and just mourning and completely like this nihilistic sort of thinking. Like the end is always there, therefore I'm just gonna live in this completely, always just this depressed place. But I want us to look at now verse number 12. It says this, Psalmist goes on, it says, teach us Lord, he's pleading with God, Teach us to number our days carefully so that we may develop wisdom in our hearts. Other versions say this. It says, teach us to number our days so that we can cultivate and bring to you a heart of wisdom. The NLT says, help us to realize the briefness of our life so that we may grow in wisdom. What does this mean? What is the psalmist trying to challenge us with? What is he telling us to push toward? What does it mean to number our days? There's a a movie, and I haven't watched it all, so I'll emphasize that, so I'm not gonna explain the whole movie, but there's a movie called The Curious Case of Benjamin Buttons. Maybe some people have seen that, right? I hear some some yeses. Basically, in this movie, a really simple way to put it is that there's a man who was born and his clock is backwards. Instead of basically becoming a baby and then growing old and then passing away, like all of us experience, his clock starts the other way. He's old and he actually knows how many days he has left on earth. I mean, there's a literal reality every time he looks into the mirror of, man, my clock is ending slowly but surely. And what if we ourselves, the people of God, lived in this sort of manner? What if we lived with the clock, so to say, a mindset, so to say, that ultimately realized, hey, every day on this earth is value. Hey, every day on this earth is a gift. Hey, every day on this earth should be a reason to ultimately not just to simply live in a place of sorrow, and not just simply just to be like a good mathematician or all that, all that good stuff, to simply just, okay, well, I have one last day, one last day, one last day, one last day. 
but actually use this time for God's glory, for God's purpose. Imagine that. And see, what we have to realize is this. The psalmist is not simply, though, as, because this is, could be an easy sort of proverb that the world sort of takes and says, yeah, we need to make sure we're intentional with our time. Okay, a lot of people do that. However, I want to put it in our context as believers, and the psalmist is telling us it's not simply just knowing how much time you have left. It's not simply just recognizing that your days are few, therefore just live it up. Allow your impulses, allow your desires to lead the way, right? Forget and don't care about nobody. But what the psalmist is saying is exactly this. Our reality should lead us to a dependence on God. Realizing that this life is short, realizing that our days are few, realizing even that we are going to go through troubles and hard times and times where we feel like there is nothing that can make us whole again, this ultimately shouldn't drive us to a place of just purely depression and anxiety and worry about everything, but what this should do is lead us to God. This should lead us to the living God. This should leave us, lead us to the one who literally tells us in the New Testament, the person of Jesus, the perfect image of the invisible God, who says that we have a high priest that knows what we've gone through. This should lead us ultimately to a greater dependence on God. See, the, one of the things also emphasized in this last verse is this. It says it develop a heart of wisdom is what other versions say. But it's basically develop the wisdom in our hearts. Help us to develop a wisdom in our hearts. See, the thing is this. Wisdom is not simply, and you can gain wisdom, don't get me wrong, you can gain wisdom by having your own experiences, learning things, realizing that when the stove is hot, don't put your hand there sort of stuff. Like, yeah, we, we get that. We learned it as a child. But the thing is this. Wisdom is what the scriptures tells us, both in the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms, is this. Even the book of Proverbs opens up and says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. It's the beginning of it all. So why is it so important that we are actually dependent on God? So that way we know how to actually live our lives out, how to actually live this to the fullest, to actually make use, the best use of our times. Unless we're connected to the one who is wisdom, all of our wisdom falls short. All of our full wisdom may sound good in theory and may work here and there, but ultimately, the only thing that, the only person, I should say, that is truly wise is the one who has been around way longer than us. The one who created wisdom. The one who created all of us, including ourselves. Again, the wisest thing we can do is to know our place and allow that realization to lead us to him. God has to be the foundation of it all. What we do with our few years here on earth has to begin with God. How to live wise lives has to begin with God. And see, I love this because this ties in right in how actually uh, Moses, the author, the psalmist starts this very psalm here in chapter 90. And he says this, he says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Lord, you have been our dwelling place throughout all generations. Other versions say, Lord, the Hebrew even emphasizes, like, Lord, you have been our refuge. You have been our home. You have been the thing in which we run to, and no matter when we were, weren't, didn't have nowhere else to run to. See, the thing you have to realize is this. The book of Numbers emphasizes this was a people who literally had no physical home. 
like how uh, me and my wife just recently bought a home. We have a physical home. I can go there after this, and I know that my stuff is still going to be there necessarily. The people of Israel were actually people who were wandering in the, in the wilderness. They didn't have physical homes that stayed there permanently. And yet here is Moses telling us, Lord, you have been our dwelling place. Lord, you have been our home. Lord, you have been the place we have always gone to when we've experienced all these difficult things, when we've realized that life is brief, when we've realized we've gone through struggle, when we realized we screwed things up. You have been our dwelling place. I love, because even Pastor Carl talked about this last, play, last week as well, when he talked about the dwelling place. Ultimately, what we're talking about, when we say God is our dwelling place, we say he's our shelter. He is our residence. He's our permanent, immovable, unshakable, eternal home. Family, for those who have put their trust in Jesus, for those who are Christ followers, The reason now, here we are now, stay with me. The reason now we don't have to be people who just live in this state of depression or anxiety or worry or anything else that the the world has to feed us is this very reason. In God, we have an eternal home. And now this is like an old school sort of way of preaching, saying our home is in heaven and that no matter the sorrows and the struggles and the things that come on this earth, they don't compare when we have our mind understood and set on the things above. When we recognize that ultimately we have this eternal home that God has to offer us, and it's not just this home separated from God, it is literally with God, this gives us a reason to be people of joy people of peace. When people around you can look at you and say, hey, why aren't you tripping out about this whole pandemic thing? Hey, why aren't you tripping out about all this different stuff that's going on? Why aren't you so worried and worked up and anxious like I am? And the reason is because the people of God know that they have an eternal home with God. Now the question kind of gets presented is, how do we get eternal life? How do, we, how do we get inheritance to this home? And again, like I mentioned, it's simple. Having a relationship with Jesus. John 3, 36 says this, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. John 17, 3 says, now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Simply just giving your life to Jesus saying, I don't want to be king no more. I've screwed up and broken enough stuff. I want you to take your rightful place as the true person in my life that will guide me to how to actually live a wise life. Will you ultimately be the place where I dwell? Would you be my refuge? Would you be my home? So when worry happens, because it will, we're humans, we will worry, we will get anxious, we will get worked up about things. Instead of running to other people, other substances like Pastor Carl talked about last week, other sort of ways in which we can try to feel like we get released from all these feelings, we can run to God and know that this thing ultimately is true, that it is trustworthy, and that this promise truly actually will come to pass. Again, Revelation 21 tells us this. It talks about what our new heaven, what our new home is going to look like. And I love it. I'm not gonna read the whole thing, but I'll start at verse three. It says, I heard, this is John telling us about his vision that he had, his encounter with God. He has, it says, I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, look, God's home is now among his people. 
He will live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. I love this part right here. This is huge. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain for all these things are gone forever. The people of God have a reason to be a people of joy. Yes, even in this crazy broken world, even in the mess of our lives, even in the mess of our families, even for all the things that is not necessarily going right in our own kids' lives, we have a reason to be people of joy. And again, this brings its next point. Again, knowing we have an eternal home brings joy. I'm telling you, and I know, and I don't want to talk to it from a place like I'm the only one that's ever experienced. No, everyone's experienced a whole lot of nonsense, I'll be honest. Whether it be at our own hands and our own choices or the choices, unfortunately, that there are other people in our lives that we thought we could trust or even just some things out of control of everyone, right? But the thing is, what has got me through literally every season and what I will continue to hold on to is knowing that I have an eternal home. And the reason that I'm able to continue on is because of that very thing. And it gives me the reason to be a person of joy. It gives me a person to be not a person of worry, not to be a person of fear, but to be a person of joy. I love how it continues on in Psalm 90 verse 14. It says this, satisfy us in the morning with your unfailing love. That, we, that, may, that way we may sing for joy and be glad all of our days. See, for some of us, and I'm gonna be very, very blunt probably, because for some of us, I know it was probably a difficult challenge even to get here this morning. For those who are joining us online, I bet it was even a hard thing to even maybe for some of us to turn it on. I get it. For many of us, we have to often fake, almost in a sense, like wrestle. We have to like fight for us to be able to wake up every morning and to get through our day, to put our clothes on, to brush our teeth, to go to that job that we know that probably either we're actually, it's just causing us all this stress. It's causing us all this worry. We're not sure if it's going to be there tomorrow. All these different things. I acknowledge that. But the thing, family, is this. Don't let this world steal your joy. Don't let this world have the very thing that God has given us. Don't let the worries of this world overcome his overcoming. Don't allow it to steal the promise that God has given to us, the people of God, and to everyone who decides to put their faith in him. Again, Satisfaction with God's love produces joy. If we forget the work that Christ has accomplished for us, then we soon fall into the trap of worrying about life, health, purpose, and the sins we have committed. But at the end of the day, if those who have their minds set on God, who have their minds set on things above, who have an eternal focus, ultimately are going to be people who are marked by joy. The people of God should be marked by joy. 
people around you should be able to say, you're a person marked by joy. I love how what what, what Jesus says here in the gospels, this is in John chapter 15, and he's telling us how to actually obtain this joy. How do we receive it? How do we hold on to it? How do we keep it daily? As we talked about even the Psalm chapter 90 says, it says every morning, Every morning I'm met with your love. Every morning I'm trying to put myself intentionally in your love. And Jesus says the exact same thing. This is John chapter 15. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. As the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. That last phrase, hold on to that. Remain in my love. The exact same thing that was said in the Psalm. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands and you will remain in my love, just as I have kept the Father's commands and remain in his love, I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. Other versions say your joy may be full, lacking in nothing. God has given us this beautiful thing an eternal home, which comes with it, an eternal hope, which comes with it, joy now. Yes, joy will be there. And I can point you to a bunch of other versions that says, or a bunch of the verses that tell us about the joy we'll experience when we're with the king. But the thing we have to realize is this, I wanna really make sure we emphasize is that joy and happiness are two different things. Because <laughs> you can have joy without any kind of happiness. You can have joy without any kind of just like sort of easy laying on the beach, uh, drinking whatever you're going to be drinking, uh, leave it up to you, right? Like there is a way to have joy even in stormy seasons. There is a way to have joy even when hell is breaking out around you. There is a way to have joy even when we are experiencing death itself or we're watching someone experience it firsthand. And the way that Jesus tells us that it's done is you remain in my love. Make me your dwelling place daily. Make me the very thing that you run to instead of all these other things. Because guess what? Just like you and I will one day come to an end, all these other things will come to an end. But what God tells us in his word is that his promises will come to pass. They will be fulfilled. They will not return to him void. That everything that he has written about the future, everything that he has given to the people of God is a promise. He says, try me. We as the people of God can be people of joy because again, we know we have an eternal home. And so the question now that I wanna ask every single one of us, including myself, not excluding myself, is this question. What are the songs that are filling our days? Because if you notice back in chapter, or excuse me, chapter, Psalm chapter 90, verses um, number 14, it talked about how every morning I wake up with songs of joy. And the thing is this, what are the songs that we're singing daily? What are the songs that we continuously play throughout our mind? Are they songs filled with fear? Are they songs filled with worry? Are they songs of this world 
and everything we get from the news outlets we watch and everything we get from our social media feeds and everything we get from that little people on the corner that we think for whatever reason have huge influence on us? Or is it a song of joy that says, ha, I know I'm going through some stuff, but Jesus promised this. Oh, I know I'm going through some stuff, but I'm holding on to this promise. Uh, I know that this life is difficult and hard, but I have a reason to sing. I have a reason to rejoice. I have a reason to lift up my voice and let all of those around me know that I am a person and a people marked by joy, not just simply because it's just something that is there and I'm just that sort of personality, but it's because I have God as my home. The songs we sing will influence the songs others sing. Each of us, as we talked about here at Flipside many, many times, we all have a huddle of approximately between eight to 12 people. We're intimately connected with that we know about the things they're going through, about the things they're worrying about, the things that's stressing them out. Now, I want you to imagine with me for just one moment. Imagine it instead of feeding all of those worries and those anxieties that they already have in their mind, imagine if you fed the gospel instead. Imagine if you sung songs of joy around them instead. Imagine with me, just consider with me for a moment, if instead of feeding into all the bad news, you gave them the good news. That there is songs of joy that can be sung. This is so important. This is so important because of this right here. It says, may your deeds, this is how Psalms chapter 90 ends. It says, may your deeds be shown to your servants, your splendor to your children. May the fear, favor of the Lord, our God, rest on us. Establish the work of our hands. Yes, establish the work of our hands. We're not just simply called to abandon this world. We're not simply just to say, stand back and allow it to go to hell, even though in a lot of ways it's already doing that but we are called to be a people that truly actually intimately care about what is taking place in this foreign land. Though we have a home, we are called to care about this home as long as often as God allows us to be here. The apostle Paul says this in Philippians chapter, chapter one, he goes on, he says this, for me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I mean, he's almost in a sense, he's perplexed. He's saying, uh, there's benefit of both living, but then like I can be with Christ if I die. Even the virgin say die is to gain. But look how he continues to go on. He says, so I really don't know which is better. I am torn between two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me, but for your sake. Think about your huddle here. For your sake, for their sake, it is better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I am convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you right here. Grow and experience the joy of your faith. Experience the joy of your faith. When we decide to truly sing songs around those that we care about and we know about what's going on in their lives, 
we begin to actually see that they will also be influenced by those songs of joy we'll sing and they'll begin to ask questions like, why is it that you're always so full of joy? Why is it that you don't go crazy when everything else is breaking around you? Why is it? They'll ask all these why, why, whys. And then as the people of God, what we get to do in that moment is simply lift up God and say, this is the reason why I'm able to be filled with joy this morning. This is why I'm able to be filled with joy even in this hard time. This is why I'm able to be filled with joy even when I don't feel it. The people of God, their inheritance, one of the things is that they get to have joy here and now. Here's a prayer that I have for us. God, help us to remain in your love. Life is brief, full of trouble, and full of reasons to worry. Help us to have a mind that is set on you. Help us to grow and experience the joy of our faith. Help us to share this joy with others. And we will gladly sing that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Family, this morning, I don't want you leaving in a sense of saying, well, my days are few, and so I'm just gonna just live in depression. No, family, like I was mentioning, We have a reason as the people of God to rejoice. As the people of God, we have an eternal home. As the people of God, we have a reason to sing daily. And all it requires is that we continuously to go back to our home. And those difficult seasons, those difficult times to go back to that dwelling place, which is Jesus himself. He says, abide in me, abide in my love that I have for you. And you'll realize that none of that stuff that you're going through can compare, doesn't matter, but it it can't compare to the joy that I have to give to you. The joy that comes from knowing me, the joy that comes from being in relationship with me, the joy that comes ultimately when you decide to allow my desires to be yours, when you truly allow to take up my kingdom as your own. All it takes, again, is simply trusting in Jesus, making him our home, and allowing him to love on us. It's that simple. Religious people would want me to say that there's a whole lot of other things, five easy steps to earn Jesus' love for you. No, 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 no. Remain in him. Abide in him. And he says, allow my love to be felt in your life. So would you pray with me? Father, we thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the reminder you tell us that we are a people that can and that have permission and have an inheritance to be able to be people who sing songs of joy. Why? Because we have an eternal home in you. Why? Because we are able to hold on to the promises of God, even when it feels like there's nothing else to hold on to. Father, I pray for the person who came here today, who are those who are joining us online, who came seeking some sort of just, just good news. I pray that they would leave with your good news, the gospel that Jesus gave it everything. He traded his righteousness for our sins so that way we could have a right relationship with him. Father, I pray that someone would come and that they would know ultimately that there is no better or better place in this world. This world has nothing to offer. There is nothing that compares to the love that you 
you have to give to us. And for those who have experienced this joy, my prayer for them, Lord, is that they would be able to be people who sing songs of joy to those who are around them, to their communities, to their workplaces. Father, allow them to be a people that sing songs of joy. And Father, as we're in this in-between time between Calvary and the resurrection, this hard place full of trouble and sorrow, my prayer is, Father, would you just be with us? Allow us to grow in your love. Father, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' name, amen.